0: Welcome to the Draft and Stash, your one-stop shop for NBA news, free agency, draft, and everything in between. So sit back, relax, because it's time to start the show. What is up, everybody? I hope everybody's doing well uh, now that basketball is finally over. Um, Did it feel Uh, anticlimactic? Because I feel like the first round was awesome. There were so many great, uh, matchups and lead ins and everybody thought that it was just going to get better. And then we hit round two and like, there was a couple of okay series. And then I don't know, it just, it just feels like it just kind of faltered. The, uh, Warriors ran through everybody in the West, except for the Grizzlies and, uh, you know, John Morant gets injured, but I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it goes seven. Um, I feel like the Warriors game plan and the way that they were rebounding the ball, uh, just the Grizzlies really couldn't hang, um, but, you know, that's why there's actual growing pains, uh, because you have to learn before, you know, you can run and walk and all that jazz or whatever. And the, the Warriors, you know, have been there before. Um, I think the Grizzlies need some work and we'll, we'll get into that in this episode. Uh, and then on the other side, the uh, Celtics, you know, go up to one, and then uh, Jason Tatum just was a shell of himself the entire series. Uh, Jalen Brown looked like their best player, which couldn't be the case. Um, you know, he's a really good three and D All Star, you know, level guy. He's one of my favorite players, but you needed Tatum to give you twenty five a night, and it just didn't happen. And you know, guys like Derek White who sh- showed up in the first game uh, completely fell apart thereafter and just, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Right. So that leads us to now, which is the NBA draft is, uh, like four or five days away. Maybe you've already hearing this, um, and it's already over, but, uh, you know, uh, so I'm very excited to hit the draft and stash. Um, that's one of our favorite things. We're kind of moving into a podcast uh, format. If you're looking at my, uh, face, which now has a mustache, um, just got back to the beach. It was doing a, a like a top gun thing. Um, Also, apologize. My uh, background looks like ass. Um, So we will be putting up stuff or whatever uh, more frequently than we have been doing. We are planning on doing a uh, a fully live draft show again. Um, You know, so hopefully all that goes off without a hitch. But um, it's a little bit easier for me to just do uh, more simple videos, you know, podcast stuff, but still get information out there about the Grizzlies and other things going on. Uh, Chip will, of course, uh, join us. You know, he is a draft guru. Uh, you know, so I think we will be doing like a monthly show, and then I'll put up little clips and stuff on YouTube. Um, I just got a new job, and uh, it's been really hard. So let's skip all that stuff. We're gonna get right into today's show, which is all about the players that the Grizzlies have currently worked out for the 2022 NBA draft. Um, so in years past, when uh, Chris Wallace was the guy, um, all of the practices and stuff and all the pre-draft stuff was open to the public uh, for uh, news-style people. Um, but with this new regime, um, that has not been the case. They've all been closed. The information has been held very uh, tight to the chest. Um, and, you know, so, like, I, I don't think that... People knew that Zaire Williams um, had talked to the Grizzlies last year, except uh, up until like draft night when it was it was talked about. I don't know if Desmond Bain was ever talked to. Um, I don't think Jaron Jackson Jr. ever came in. So, you know, the Grizzlies have a history of being very stealthily, you know, when it comes to their uh, their their cards. And it also shows that they're just going to go get who's on their board. It's not about who actually came in and worked out. And so far, it's been pretty good. Uh, Zach Kleiman, of course, just won Executive of the Year at the young age of like I think 32, which is insane. That I'm older than the the Grizzlies GM and the Grizzlies owner, who's now one of the richest <laughs> men in the world. It's nuts. What have I done with my life? You know so. Uh, before we get into the Grizzlies uh, draft and draft news in general, let's talk a little bit about some stuff that's already happened. The Houston Rockets and uh, Christian Wood to the Dallas Mavericks in exchange for their twenty-six pick and a bunch of just you know nothing basically, which looks as if um, Dallas like you know basically gave away nothing to get this really solid uh, you know big man. And people are wondering if he could be the last piece. I don't I, I think he's a piece. Um they, they definitely got exposed by the Warriors. Um, their their style I don't know, I don't get shook Phoenix. I don't know if Phoenix just maybe Chris Paul is completely out of gas, and that's what we saw, but um, it's not looking good. And it's sad that they're going to lose DeAndre Ayton because they gave Chris Paul this giant bag at the age of 37. And now this really young center is probably going to have to be traded elsewhere because I don't know because their team is very notorious for being cheap. Um, so we'll see what happens there, but so, so Christian Wood comes over and he's going to be better than Dwight Powell. You know, he, he's going to give them at the worst. You could throw him at the five, Powell at the four. It's going to give you a little bit more, you know, athletic size. Um, I like Christian's game. Um, I've owned him on Dynasty team for like his entire career. He's an awesome three and D big. Uh, he slides really well. He's very slight, um, but he's got a lot of bounce. Uh, but there are rumors that you know his ego is kind of a pain in the ass and that uh, he's not a great locker room guy, but. Is this one of those things that you just throw up is maybe the situation that he's in with Houston and, and uh, the Pistons, which were both um, have been a really bad, uh, you know, winning is not coming easily to both those franchises in the last, you know, uh, some odd years. Um, maybe, you know, he's bumping heads because he thinks that he should be more of a lead guy when Detroit didn't feel that way with like, you know, Jeremy Grant. And then they're you know, bringing in Kate Cunningham because you know, they, they also let him go. Basically, nothing. And then Houston, uh, you know, at least gets something for him. But he was looked at at one point as the obvious, most improved player. Um, He tears up his knee, but he was averaging like 20, you know, I I think points a game, almost like 10 boards. He's shooting like 40% from threes, blocking shots. He looked very good for them. And and they had like a really good start in his, uh, I think they were like, Think like 10 and 5 or something, like in, in his uh, first year there, and then he gets injured, and they just completely fell apart, which is how they end up getting Jalen Green. Um, but it j- just didn't work out. And if you have somebody like Al-Prince, uh, Shingoon who you think is going to be your guy going forward, then, you know, maybe they're trying to build something different here. Um, I still think they, they need a point guard. Kevin Porter is not the answer there. Um, and he's he's kind of a pain in the ass. Like, I, I, his ego is out of control. It's been out of control since college. Um, so, I, I, like, I could see them going and getting a, a Tyus Jones or something. I mean, if they're, they're one solid veteran point guard away from being... Pretty, pretty fun to watch. Uh, I don't know if they're you know playoff contention yet. They'd have to have a lot of moves go right, but um, they're you know J- Jalen Green. I still think is going to be uh, a really good piece. And we're going to see that going forward. I mean, like, you know, one year does not make a bust or or a you know career unless you're with the beat. But <laughs> uh, beyond that, um, Christian Wood going to Dallas. Um, he does a lot of what they do. Um, you know, he he likes to pop out and hit threes and stuff. You know, he, he's going to get them more length um, and then playing with Luca. I mean, like, you know, he's not going to go down. So uh, I imagine he'll be really good. People will think he's a quasi all star. I, I imagine Dallas is going to try to do something else. They they need to decide if they're going to keep Jalen Brunson or not. Um, I don't. I don't know. I feel like Brunson could also start. You know, I could see. I see. You know, Houston going after him maybe or something. I, I don't think he's the right fit next to Jalen Green. Uh, they're both very doll, you know, ball dominant guards. Uh, I think you really need somebody who can, who's okay with not having the ball in their hands, which I don't think Brunson is. We saw that in the playoffs. He's very, very capable of us being like this on ball scorer, and him and Luca. You know, kind of have kind of have like like this weird your turn, my turn. Um, and, you know, th- that was what Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum did for a while and then they they eventually found out how to work together and then the Warriors just, like, overwhelmed them and-, and kind of put them back in that mindset. But, you know, in today's game, you really can't just do, like, you know, this, I'm good, you're good, it's your turn, my turn, like a Kyrie, like a Kevin Durant thing, which didn't work. Uh, so... I imagine they're not done. Um, beyond that, uh, you see Denver send Michael Green to uh, OKC, and they get one of their picks at 30. Uh, so Denver might be looking to package that, maybe a move up. Um, Jeff Green did opt into his deal. I believe that he could be used in a trade. I'm not sure. Um, but they they now have two picks as well. I wonder what what they're thinking up there, because um, they, they got to get him some help. Uh, hopefully, Jamal Murray comes back healthy. Hopefully, Michael Porter Jr., Gets to play basketball again at some point. I used to be a pretty big fan of him, but injury prone, man, it's it, it's it's real, you know. Um so let's uh oh also really quickly, um speaking back on the finals, um if is anybody else just kind of weirded out that Klay Thompson um called Jaron Jackson Jr. a bum for saying strength in numbers? That is uh it's it's so weird to me to like for a three-month-old tweet that didn't mention him by name, didn't mention the Warriors by name, nothing. It was just simply him stating uh because uh, like he was hurt that game and, and jaw was hurt that game. So everybody else stepped up and they won that game by like thirty points. And he just tweeted out, you know, strength in numbers. And and Clay's like, Oh, you freaking bum. You're gonna you're gonna, gonna do this to me, guy. You know, he's just it's just so oh, bad, so much so that he held on to it. And that was one of the, something he brought up in the in his press conference. That is bonkers to me. That I mean that, that is free real estate, man. Um And uh, I don't know, it's it's absolutely just like, you know, crazy to me um, that 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 he he would bring that up. Just nuts. Uh, So moving on from all all that nonsense, which hopefully the Warriors Grizzlies get to play on Christmas Day, because I think they had one of the highest ratings of all the playoffs. Uh, John Rance must see the Warriors must see champions. That would be electric. I, I would put them on TV as much as possible next year. That could be a really fun rivalry next season. i, I probably not not so much going forward just because of the the age differences, um, but could be a lot of fun. So let's let's get into what's what we're all here about, and that is for the uh, Grizzlies' potential draft picks. I was going to do like this whole um, players that I would take, you know, thing. I might I might try to sneak one in there, but I don't think I'm going to have enough time because I just got back from vacation. Uh, so I'm going to go down from the players who are the most notable that have been brought in and just talk a little bit about their game and uh, what I think that they could bring. Um, Also, I think it's worth noting that uh, myself and Chip have talked about um, that pretty much the Grizzlies need wings. Um, they, they were exposed to Minnesota. They were lucky to get out of that series. And that's kind of like in the exact same vein of the Golden State-Memphis series where Memphis was the better team. They, in, in four of the losses, they, they led in, in the fourth quarter in three of those. Um, they just didn't didn't know how to finish the Warriors. And it's the same thing with, you know, the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves were the better team. They they're built better. Uh, they just didn't know how to finish the damn game. Um, and, and the Grizzlies had been there before and that's what I was talking about, where it takes experience. Uh, you know, Golden State, you know, I think you know, Draymond even said after like, I don't know, like The third game, he said, you know that 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 the Warriors are not, you know, Minnesota, and he's absolutely right. They're, you know, they're not going to back down. There's no panic in them. They they fully ran their offense the entire time. That they knew when they could get shots. You know, they knew each other's games very well. knew where to go. You know, for finding long ball rebounds, and all that stuff happened, and it, uh, you know, it it worked out in their their advantage. But um, in, in Minnesota series, they were able to upsize so much on the wings in terms of height. That, you know, the Grizzlies if were getting out match, you know, guys like Melton, who is six foot two, isn't isn't really doing much. And, and Bane, I mean, like I, I love Bane. He's only, only like six four. Brooks is only like six four, may, maybe 6'5 six five on a good day. I don't care what the internet says about him being six, he's not six seven. He is six five. He's uh, so but both your wings are, are both kind of like undersized in this current, you know, field. You got Jaron Jackson who is who's seven foot, and Adams, who was seven foot, but Adams, you know, he couldn't guard cat. So he's not on the court. Because uh, Cat is such a a, a ball dominant, he big, who's so quick that you know Adams got like and played all the, played like like at the series. So then Brandon Clark has to come in, who who had a very good series, but he's only six foot eight, right? So with all that said, um, I think this list is very obvious that the guys that they're looking to bring in are bigger wings um, who have uh, potential scoring, potential shooting, three and D style potential who can come in and play a, a, a multitude of roles. Um, number one is Tari Eason out of uh, LSU. I was kind of shocked that, that Eason even came in. He's projected top 20. I, I mean, I know he's been slipping here and there, but you know, Tari Eason is awesome. Um, he's, he's a second year player out of like LSU, six foot eight. Uh, 220 pounds. Um, his wingspan's like 7'2. Um, I think he averaged like 16 points a game off the bench for them, which shows a lot of of like maturity. When he was the easily their you know, best player, he decided to come off the bench. Um, he could guard one through five. He's awesome athlete. He, he runs the floor very well. Um, his biggest knack is, you know, is he ever going to get like a real jumper? He's not that old. Um, you know, he's like 20 or 21 or so. I'm not sure. I'd like at draft time, but. Um, I imagine him at the three, Brandon Clark at the four, Jaron at the five, and, and Dylan at the two, and just giving people hell. Like, you know, it's just like them, them just, they would switch everything, just go at it and stuff. You know, it would be, it would be insane. I would love to see Tari Eason uh, and Jaron Jackson Jr. You know, running together on the break it would be nuts uh he's, he's an awesome athlete really smart kid super hard worker um i think he would fit in perfect here i just don't think he's gonna fall i i, I think it's crazy that you know he he even came in i, I fully imagine him to go around 16 or 17 probably um but yeah uh, i think tar Eason will be great here um but i would not expect that on draft unless we you know try to unless the, the grizzlies package a few uh, moves. With uh, trades and uh, and picks and stuff and like you know and they're trying to like hop in there. Uh, number uh, the second player who I believe is is ranked next highest is Blake Wesley out of Notre Dame. He is a freshman guard, uh, six foot four, one hundred ninety pounds, uh, with a six foot nine inch wingspan. He was kind of their lead guard playmaker this year, um, and I'm back and forth on Wesley all the time. Um, come out of college uh, everybody says oh he has a very uh explosive first step he's a really good athlete you know long arms plays the passing lanes you know he's, he's a good scorer." and it but then he tested and all of his athletic testing was not good it was all like in the middle of the pack and he still shows a good burst step but it's like I, uh, I see a lot of like oj mayo here i don't know i don't i don't see a lot of star potential here um he's not a natural playmaker in, in any of the games i watch any of the all, of, all just like all of these damn highlights that I've watched. Uh, but he he has really he has he has really good length. Um, he has a really good touch for scoring. Um, he's got a really like you know good like hesitation dribble style. You know very like herky jerky, and, and and all that's good. I just don't know what his floor is. I don't know what his ceiling is. Uh, I'm just I'd would rather just avoid this possible landmine. But, you know, if the Grizzlies draft him, then I'll, I'll go buy his jersey, you know, because uh, there's no reason not to um, assume that he'll be at least solid. Um, they, they have a really great track record at this point. The only player that you can even say is maybe not that good as Santi Adama and he didn't get a lot of playing time and when he did he he in, later in the years it went on I see he, he works his way out of the G League and stuff he had a couple of really good games I think he scored like 20 something against Phoenix had like a huge dunk on them and, and they beat Phoenix uh, when they were running full strength and the Grizzlies were running like all their backups and it was crazy uh, but so I, we'll see um, Blake has a lot of traits that look really great and a lot of things I'm not really into uh, moving on from him we had uh Marshawn Beauchamp, I believe, would be the next biggest name uh, out of the G League Ignite. night. Um, He's like 20 or 21 as well. Um, he is, uh, like a, like a wing, he's a six foot six, 200 pounds, got a really good wingspan at seven foot one. Um, he's around like 21, uh, super hard worker. I mean, like he would come in here, he cuts really well. He moves nonstop. He, he runs to break just as hard as, uh, Zaire Williams does. He plays his ass off on defense. He just gets at it. Um, he could easily guard one through four as well. The offense is really his his main issue here is where where does he score? You know, because if it's not in the break, he's not a really good um, on on ball scorer. Um, he's he really needs somebody else to to help him score. And that's gonna be like kind of the thing is that if he can get a shot, uh, which has been he he has a new coach. He's been working on it in the offseason leading up to here, I'm sure like in workouts, it's it's probably looking a little bit better. Um, but you know, it wasn't great. Um, I, I think he shot it okay in, uh, I think in like Juco, uh, but you know, and everything. So, so he's tracked a little bit better, but you know, versus professionals, he didn't shoot well at all, but is this more of which there's so many mouths and I don't know if, you know, food or something because, you know, on that team is also Dyson Daniels. That team is also, um, Jayden Hardy, who is a notorious ball hog. Um, you know, so it's, I don't know, but um, I know that everything that I, I've watched him, um, he he plays his ass off. I think he would be loved here in Memphis. Um, super smart guy as well. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate this pick at all. I know Chip's not super high on him, but we're we're both kind of in the same thing of if. The Grizzlies take them, we're gonna like them, you know. So it's, it's, it's not like the old days when it was Chris Walls drafting people and he knew that, that they weren't gonna be very good. Uh, moving on from Marjon Bochamp, you have Wendell Moore out of Duke. He is, um, a shooting guard wing style guy, He's six foot five, 220 pounds. He's straight jacked, uh, seven, uh, also has a wingspan over seven foot. He's a junior, but he's only going to be 20. Um, He was a really early on uh, player, and I believe he transferred to Duke as well, Um, but he's only 20 which makes me like him more. Um, he does a lot of 3 and D stuff now. He's uh, he's really smart as well. A lot of intangibles. Also plays very hard. Um, I just, I don't know what his scoring upside can be. I, like, I see him play and he's overpowering college dudes to get to the rim. You know, he's not that feathery around the rim. Um, you know, his jumper's okay. Um, I don't ever see him being like around like a 38 or like a 40% shooter. Uh, You know, he just—he looks—he looks looks like a really safe pick. Like, I feel like if they took him, I would be like, okay, you know, he's a guy who can come in. He's going to get you know, ten to fifteen minutes a game. He's not really going to hurt things. You know he's kind of like a John Concher. Uh, I, he's he's a more athletic John Um, uh, You know not as well as like a playmaker, but he does hit the boards really well. He does a lot of things. He's uh, you know he's already got like an NBA ready body. Um, I I feel like he he could come in from day one and and you know help out. Uh, you know he would be better than like Jarek Holver, obviously who was terrible for the Grizzlies, terrible for everybody who had to have that you on, on their team. Uh, so I mean like I wouldn't hate this. Um, it's not it's not sexy. It's not exciting, but. It is what it is. Uh, Moving on from there, we have I'm gonna say Caleb Houston is the next biggest name here. Um, he's a freshman out of Michigan. Uh, he's more of, a, of like a small forward, six foot eight, uh, 190 pounds. Uh, we don't know his wingspan. Um, he's a really good shooter. Uh, I, I look at him; he really projects as like a really tall, you know, gunner, uh, you know, style guy. Um, he didn't have a very good year at Michigan. He was a super high ranked uh, five star, um, you know, recruit. He came in; he kind of got bullied a little bit. Uh, you know, he found you know some some games here and there, and, and it looked pretty good. But uh, him being drafted is really going to be based off of his potential on what on what you think he's going to be. Uh, you know, almost like uh, the kid from Michigan State. Um, you know, both of them didn't have very good freshman years, but uh, their their potential, much like Zaire Williams last year, is what they're going to get drafted on. He, he has a really great frame. Um, he could probably fill into that around like you know two ten or two fifteen over like into you know, three or four years. Um, he you know he he plays hard, uh, so he's not like. A bad defensive player. I think he's just like like a, a not so knowing you know player right now, and, and that's something that a really good coach could teach into them. Taylor Jenkins has a really good track record of, as well uh, of teaching. You know, he was uh, second in coach of the year uh, voting here recently. Um, he, he's done really well with all of the young players. Um, I, I wouldn't hate Caleb Houston. Um, anybody who tracks that that tall and that good of a shooter, um, I think you you definitely go after. I mean, like if you could you know pair him Zaire, like and Desmond Bain together. That could be insane. Um, moving on from Caleb Houston, you have uh, another older, uh, well, uh, like uh, like older player, and that is uh, Christian Brown from Kansas. I notoriously don't don't like white players, but <laughs> just that's, that's my own like you know my own thing. I think they're, they're they're slow and that their fan bases are based on fucking race, you know whatever. I, I don't I don't like them. Uh, you know, Grayson Allen, he can go fuck himself. Uh, you know, JJ Redick, all those guys, not a fan of them. But um, Christian Brown. I think I feel like he would fit in with Memphis. Like he talks a lot of shit. Um, he uh, you know he dunks on people and he, and he pats his head and everything and he and he really just goes hard the entire game. Really smart player. He unfortunately um, has a small wingspan. So uh, he's six foot seven to ten, but his wingspan is actually a negative at six foot six, which is not great. You know like you know Bain is also on the team. He also had a, a small wingspan. normally guys with shorter arms are much better shooters, but, you know, Brown, he hasn't tracked really well as, as a great shooter either. He's a capable shooter and he's somebody that, you know, you definitely don't want to leave open, but he's not like a Ray Allen, Desmond Baines, Steph Curry type that, you know, is just going to, is just going to kill you to death from outside. I think his way to stick in this league um, is he has to be able to hit over like a clip of like at least, you know, 40% probably to be in this league for the next 10 years. Um, but, you know, he, he, he's really smart, runs the floor really hard. He's got pretty good athleticism. Um, all of his uh, numbers in the combine, um, they all tracked really well. Um, you know, so it's really just, you know, his length is not great. He's a little older. He, uh, he's a junior, but, you know, this is his best chance to make it in the first round. I don't know if he will get picked in the first round. Uh, people seem to have uh, kind of uh, cooled on him a little bit, but, you know, I don't know. Um, I I I could talk myself in, into Brown. Um, you know, just because I feel like his attitude would would fit very well here in Memphis. Uh, the next on this list, um, I'm just going off of. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to say. Uh, I, I guess it's J.D. Davidson. Um, he's been falling down a little bit. Uh, he was a really heavy, heavily recruited point guard, five star guy. Um, he's only six foot two and a half. Um, he's 190 pounds, but you know he's. A lot of muscle uh he's got a good wingspan for his size at six foot six he was a freshman um you know he's he's a dog man like you know he'll he will he will go with anybody he'll try to dunk on, on everybody um he's a little turnover prone though uh, that that was his biggest thing is that you know when he you know there, there's times when he's great he looks really good he looks like a top 15 pick and the nights where he's bad you're like why would anybody ever draft this guy like you know so shot was super inconsistent um, but you know Anybody to me who's willing to go out there and get punched in the mouth and keep coming at you, I think those guys eventually punch through. Um, I know he's got a lot of talents that you can't teach. Uh, I've watched a couple of interviews. A couple of interviews with him. Um, he's got a really great attitude. He's got this this huge chip on his shoulder. It's another guy that I feel like the Grizzlies could could get at like forty seven. Um, I would not be mad about it. I like at, at all. Um, you know, I, I feel like you know you take a chance on a guy like that. You know, um, and then next to him I've got uh, Jean Montero. He's uh, originally out of France. He played in the um, overtime, I think, like elite league, uh, which is not known for defense. Um, a lot of people had Jean uh, very high early in the year and they expected him to be like a top 20 guy. And now he's kind of fallen into like that that range of the 30s and 40s um, because the league he played in was um, it was not very competitive. Uh, it was very he is he, he's very all all gas, no brakes. Um, he's got a, a great handle. He's super quick. He is only six foot two, which is not great because you would like for him and Jaw to be able to play together. I don't see it happening. He's only he's only like one hundred and seventy pounds, which so he's kind of small. Um, and his wingspan's okay at six foot five, so you know he's got an okay wingspan, but. He's already not a great defender, um, just because he's so small. And then you know he does; he just generally doesn't seem to care about it that much. Um, but he is pure offense. That and he comes in in the lane. He's super fast. He's like you know Steve Nash on crack. Uh, just just getting in there. He's got a great touch, a great floater. Um, he's a he's got really good vision. Uh, but it's like one of those things where you know we just saw um, Sharif Cooper, you know, who was kind of the same thing, just just pure, pure you know offense. He um, couldn't really find us well on the on the court in Atlanta, and they had a bad year. So I mean, is John better than that? You know, we'll see. I'm sure somebody will take a chance on him, and uh, hopefully, he can he can prove everybody wrong. But uh, for for a long time there, I was really excited about him, but. The more that this goes along, uh, the more that I also cool on him. Uh, Behind them is a a local kid from Memphis named uh, Josh Minot. Um he kind of didn't get to play early on. Uh Penny Hardaway was going more with the um the bigger names and the veterans, which was bad early on because a few of those guys were not very good. And then eventually because of injuries and COVID, uh Josh got onto the court and the Tigers began to turn their season around. Um I don't know how to how to gauge him. Um he's got good size. He is uh six foot eight as well, but only like 195 pounds. We don't know his wingspan, but I, I imagine it's around you know six nine or six ten probably. He's also a freshman. Um Um, he just doesn't really do a lot besides be quick and jump and dunk on people. Like, you know, he didn't really show a lot in Memphis uh revolving around having like a multitude of, of of talent around the basket, of having like a really great shot, you know, he didn't really do a lot to show more. Um he's really going to get drafted on the the basis that he is a raw piece of clay that somebody could, you know, turn turn into something. Um you know, he has a lot of really um obvious physical gifts and maybe somebody can, you know, draft him and 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 you know, change him into things. Um, um, he's been, you know, he's one of those guys that I think is going to get into, uh, uh, like, you know, a group workouts, individual workouts, and he's really going to dog people because you know he's so quick and everything. So I, I think his his immediacy um, in terms of his physical talent is what's going to get him drafted, uh, and then it's really just going to be about his willingness um, to to want to learn. You know, I think he's he's leaving now um, initially to see where he was going to be at. Uh, In terms of of draft status, and when he saw that he was a a round two definite, um, you know, he decided to just go ahead and and, and not come back to school. Um, I also don't think that he appreciated being benched behind people that he was better than, um, you know, but Penny Hardaway, that's a whole whole other thing. Uh, Moving on from Josh, we have uh, Iverson Molinar. Uh, he's a point guard out of Mississippi State, six foot three, one eighty, six foot eight wingspan, junior, um, super smart lead guard. Um, he's got a, a, a pretty reliable jump shot, really good free throw shooter. Uh, this guy is textbook point guard. That he, his championship You know, he um, he's not going to wow you with speed or, or or ball handling or athleticism. He's just a really smart player. I don't know if he makes it in the league. Um, he looks like he he looks like a worse Tyus Jones. Um, they're they're ab- about the same size. They, they he's around the same type of like skill set. You know he's older, so his, his potential uh, is not as high as other people is going to be. Um, that said, he does do a couple of things that the Grizzlies. Uh, draft and that is like players that that are older that that can come in immediately like and help out so I don't see us taking him um you know I I watched him in the uh draft combine um exhibition games and he's just kind of getting like overwhelmed like he you know he ended up with 14 points but I think like six or eight of those were on just him being like in the right place at the right time you know uh his handle is just not really tight I don't know I'm gonna just I'm I'm personally not sold on him. Um, but you know, if he gets drafted, then you know good for somebody. Hopefully it's just not the Grizzlies that draft him. And then finally, the last player who I think is worth mentioning um is Keon Ellis. He's an Alabama shooting guard, six foot six, 175 pounds. He's a senior, um, super efficient guy, really, really uh, plays with fire. Um, he's kind of like got this. Uh if he gets hot from outside, he'll just cook you uh mode and everything. And I think he's he's definitely a type of guy that could come in here and learn from Desmond, learn from Dylan. Um I wouldn't hate him being picked at, at like 47. Uh he has a lot of um really really good knowledgeable skills from a, a person who is twenty one years old, you know, uh that has been, you know, playing. Uh, my biggest concern is how he sizes up on defense, um, but he he looked pretty good in the draft combine uh, games. Uh, so, you know, versus other people, uh, you, know, you know, his peers at this point, you know, he didn't look bad. Um, so I think it's just more or less if he could learn like NBA spacing and, and they can, if a team can learn how to like, you know, Protect him versus larger players, and like you know, kind of hide him at times, and everything. But you know, he he he's almost like a Will Barton, where he's small framed, but goes and gets boards. Like you know, so it's it's like you know, like Barton in college, he was super super thin, and would go and get like like 12, 13 rebounds a game, you know, I mean, you know, he would get like eight on on the offensive rebounds is super, super smart guy, you know, and tough. And so like, you know, those guys, as as I said, you know, will always be fan favorites in Memphis, and, and probably like in most cities, but you know, here, especially we're very, you know, blue collar, uh, but you know anybody who's willing to go get hit in the mouth and 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 try and win like every damn possession, you know, we'll, we'll get like a like their their jersey retired here probably. So uh, the, those are the players who have come in, and I think it's worth noting the guys who have not come in yet, and that is Dalen Terry, who is beginning to move up uh, draft boards. Um, he's a sophomore uh, guard, almost like a um, almost like a bigger version of I said not like, I don't know, not not like a Bridges or something, but, you know, he's, uh, you know, six foot seven, um, can pass his ass off. Uh, He's really athletic. He runs those floor really well. Great, great wingspan. Um, I just don't know how he scores. Like he was fifth on his team in scoring, which is not very impressive. Um, And I get it. You know, he's playing behind, uh, you know, Matherin and Coloco, but, you know, he should still find a way to get in there, you know, a a little bit, Uh, you know, so is, is he, is he too passive? I don't know. So, but he he tracks to be a pretty good three and D guy. If if he can, you know, shore up that part of his game, who can give you um, really really high volume playmaking as well. uh, When the lead guard is. Is off, so um, I'm shocked he has not come in yet. Uh, Nikola Jovic, um, who is is this new <laughs> mean, basically next to Jokic, um, he's a, a six foot ten. Um, he was he was a, a point guard for a long time, um, and he's kind of moving down draft boards a little bit, but uh, su- super. Offensively gifted game. Um, he's not very big, but he, he can handle pretty well. He can shoot it. He's pretty slick. Um, but his defense is kind of it's kind of whack. Um, you know, he, he's going to need a minute. But he's a guy who's been playing for like you know a few years. Um, he also has not come in yet. Uh, EJ Liddell uh, also has not come in, and I, and I I'm in the train that I, I would take him in a heartbeat. Uh, six foot seven, uh, super productive college uh, college year. He came back, all his numbers went up. If his three point stroke is legitimate. And he's a dude that can hit around like 30 or 39%. I look at him as a the best version of a you know Jamichael Green. He's a guy who can run the floor, he can ball hand a little bit, he, he can guard one through four, shoot it. Um, you know, he's super smart, he rebounds really well. That's a guy that I think you could take in next year and he could help you immediately. Um, but uh maybe he he thinks you know, he, he's going to go higher, which I'm sure he will, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Ty Ty Washington is another person, and, uh, you know, Kenny Chandler both have not come in. Uh, people continue to to target the Grizzlies to take either Chandler or Ty Ty uh, as this uh, Tyus Jones replacement, which I don't think you should be drafting um, on, on your best pick uh, for, for a a potential backup for the next 10 years. That's just, it makes no damn sense to me whatsoever. I think those people are crazy. Uh, but I mean, that, that said, I wouldn't mind getting Ty Ty or Kennedy Chandler. I, I mean, if they're the best person available at the top of your board, you don't, you don't go, Oh, I, we really need a, a backup point guard. Let's take Kennedy Chandler. Like that, that makes no sense to me. Um, but I think, I think Ty Ty could play next to ja. Um he, you know, He's he got really good length. He's a good, um, you know, you know player like on the ball and, and off the ball. Uh, but he, him and Kendall Brown has also not come in, which he's been slipping in these ranges. So I'm kind of shocked that he hasn't made his way in here. He's a six foot eight, small forward at a Baylor and, uh, him like, like Tari Eason is called one of the best defenders in this draft. So, um, I don't know. I, I would assume that you know those guys would have liked to, to have gotten into a team that has two picks um, in the twenties, where you're going to be sliding to whatever. But like I said, it doesn't matter who actually works out for the Grizzlies because um, at the end of the day, they're going to draft who is at the top of their board, and um, that's all that really matters. Like you know they've they found gold everywhere. They they hit Xavier Tillman in, in the thirties. They hit Desmond Bain at thirty. They traded up to get Brandon Clark at twenty two. You know and, and so on and so on. They you know picked up uh, John Conchar who. Who tracks awesome on almost all analytics he got a little exposed uh in the playoffs versus people who were bigger than him but um su- super smart guy the, uh, You know he didn't get drafted and-, and they got him they traded and got melton uh who also tracks very well um so i mean like they just they really know what they're doing and it's very exciting as a grizzlies fan to be um you know hitting into draft season which is one of my favorite times and uh, hopefully things go well. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, let's see. We're, the next time we'll talk will be, um, or the next time you, you listen, I guess, will <laughs> be during the draft. Uh, we'll be doing a, a very long episode, which will be um, a, a live draft react, which I'll probably break that up on YouTube or whatever. Um, people on YouTube, I apologize for my, uh, my, my non-existent background and um, the fact that I have an awful mustache. Uh, but until next time, See ya.